kings, queens, everything in between. What up, everybody? Welcome back. It's another episode of the Peasant Party Podcast. I am your host, Charlotte Warren, and I've got two very special guests in studio with me. My name is Eric Weiss, and this is my wife, Bianca Alonso, and we are friends with Charlotte and wanted to come on to the podcast to talk about our experience in a very happy, committed marriage, and you in your dating niche cover a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. But we thought that uh, we could add to that. Nice. Yeah. Um, I feel like we haven't even introduced Bianca yet. Bianca, yes. like, introduce Hello. yourself. Hi, Bianca. Hi, Charlotte. Uh, my name is Bianca Alonso Weiss, although I have not changed my last name yet. I don't know if I will. I am Eric's wife. I am his groupie when, when it comes to his music stuff. Uh, Eric and I have been living in Austin for about a little over five, five and a half years. Yeah. Their marriage is absolutely beautiful. Um, I think it's also great that Eric can see the exact equipment we're working with. Eric is our sound guy. Um, so all of the fun little jingles that you hear on the podcast, all of the editing, that is all Eric. Um, and then also, um, Eric is not a full-time employee of mine or anything. Um, if you are a podcaster or if you have sound editing needs, Eric is an undrafted free agent. Um, so please go to Eric for your podcast editing. Put me and coach. He's he's absolutely fantastic. Um, and he'll we'll, we'll plug for him. Eric, who, 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 who are you? Hi, I'm sound guy, Eric. And uh, <laughs> um, I, I'm, I work full-time as an engineering consultant. And then I do music and sound production um, as a side hustle. Nice. Yeah, I met both of you um, through Michelle, I think it yes. was. Um, probably, Long. yeah. Um, and was it maybe like 2019, yes. 2020? Yeah. Um, definitely a, a time in my life where a lot of nights like blurred together. Um, just thinking back to, to who I was in, <laughs> in those years. Um, but uh, like you guys have been such a rock in, in my time in Austin since I met both of you mm-hmm. along with like the rest of our friends before Y'all got married. I think it was very early on in your engagement, if I remember correctly. You guys have just always had like a relationship that I admired and looked up to. And yeah, like it's, I think, a beautiful thing. And I'm excited to hear you guys kind of talk more about your journeys. And yeah, it's been a journey. It has yes. been a journey. And thank you for, for saying for saying all that, Charlotte. That was really nice to hear. You're so, Very so welcome. <laughs> also, before we dive in, Bianca is wearing some really beautiful earrings oh, yes. right now. Hang on. Please. Um, just like Eric has a really cool side hustle, so does Bianca. Yes. Um, my little pandemic hobby that has now turned into a side hustle is making polymer clay earrings. During the pandemic, when we were in lockdown, I, like many other people, got bored. And I started dabbling in working with polymer clay. It's basically a clay form of plastic that you can cure in a regular oven and make earrings out of them. So I have, I'm wearing these. They are very, very lightweight. All the metals that I use for the earrings themselves are stainless steel, hypoallergenic. So even for the most sensitive ears, these will not hurt you. I launched an Etsy shop, I want to say October. So if you want to check out my Etsy shop, look up crafts by Alonso, A-L-O-N-S-O dot Etsy dot com. Woo. And I'm wearing some too. I've got yeah. some little ones. I like I love mine. Um, can we see them? Yes, we see them. Perfect. Yes. Um, no, I love them. I'm like, sweet. I'm wearing all black today. Um, but no, the, you can wear them for any occasion. Like we'll go to weddings and so many times it's like, oh, you're wearing Bianca earrings. It's like yes. they, you can wear them anywhere. They're super light. Like I never like like dangly earrings because they're so heavy. Mm-hmm. These are different. So I'm a huge fan. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Now that we've we've done some plugging, can we go from the beginning? Because when I met both of you, you were already like recently engaged. And I feel like I've heard bits and pieces of how you both sure. met your story. Tell me from the beginning. How'd you guys meet? Okay. We met 
uh, on Hinge when we were both nice. still living in Washington, D.C. Um, I mentioned that I am from the D.C. area originally, but Bethesda, Maryland specifically, and Eric moved to D.C. after college. Mm-hmm. So like many, many millennials in 2016, we got connected on Hinge, went out on our first date, um, and our first date consisted of going to this, like a, like a gastropub place on 14th Street. And when I... Actually, funny when when I first saw Eric on Hinge, I thought, "Dear God, he looks like Nick Jonas in nice. like in like the best way, though." And and this was like around the time when Nick Jonas was having his solo career, and I'm like, "Jonas, he this he is my Jonas." I love it. Yeah. Do you remember her and her your friends called me Jonas for like? A year and a half without me knowing. Yeah, I like, love that it. Was my, we all have our nicknames. Nickname. Yeah. yeah, we all have like nicknames for dudes. It's always funny when like they inadvertently find out their nicknames and stuff. Oh, it's totally. Like, it's all and like it's, sometimes like yeah. you have to explain where it came from. Um, but no, I, I love yeah, that. I, I looked over <laughs> her shoulder at her texting her friend, uh-huh. and I'm like, "Who are you talking about?" And she like looked at me and like, <laughs> like blood drained from her face, turned pale white. She's like, "Uh, th- I'm talking about you." <laughs> You are Jonas. That's so funny. I mean, I feel like be I feel like having the nickname of Jonas when one is in like reference to Nick Jonas, who's like a pretty attractive guy. Mm-hmm. That's a compliment. Yeah. You could have had a oh, worse sure. a, a worse nickname. I mean, I think Hinge might Hinge has evolved a lot over the years. Yeah. Did you have like a opening line or like a thing? There was was there a thing about one another's profiles that stood out to you, or was it oh, did gosh. the sparks really fly like in person? I I'll be honest. I don't know if if, if I remember. You have to like be talking to so many different people and holding mm-hmm. all these different yeah. conversations at the same time. Like, I don't remember, like, my opening line that was, mm-hmm. like, a winner. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, once we went on that first date and it went so well. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. best thing about that first date was a, it was on a Friday. Mm-hmm. And when I was on the dating apps, I would reserve Friday for going out with my friends. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I would yeah. do, yeah. I would do like, dating yeah. app dates, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Right. Like maybe on the weekend, yeah. but like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're like, I want yeah. to go out. Yeah, known nights. quantities. Yeah. yeah, like I always have my anti-Saturday first date. Yeah, rule just because like there's 52 of those a year, and if you have a bad one, it's more memorable. Like if you right, you, you have to get out of bed for somebody versus you know Tuesday, you're wearing the same thing you wore to work. Like yeah, like no big deal. But yeah, the fr- so the first date, like any like memorable stories from the first date? Was there was there like an initial spark and like anything unique about it? Spark, yes. I feel like when Eric and I like met in person for the first time, the conversation flowed. We got along well. We, you know, we asked like you know the surface level questions: Where are you from? What do you do? Whatever. But but we just like got to talking about a slew of, of different things. But you asked about a funny story. Do you have a funny story? On our first date, we 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 went to this like gastro pub, and at the time, I was, I was living in Bethesda, Maryland, but working in downtown D.C., which <laughs> were, like, geographically, think of it as, like, you work in downtown Austin, but you live up by the domain. Mm. It's D- more like Georgetown. Okay. Oh, <laughs> this not is that bad. It's not that far. Don't, don't get, don't be dramatic. My thing was, okay, I'm meeting up with this guy at, at, at 7 p.m., but I'm still at, at, at my office. I'm, I don't think I'm going to have enough time to take the metro from downtown D.C. back to my apartment to, like, change or whatever mm-hmm. and then be on time for the date. So, so I just decided to stay at work late mm-hmm. and then go meet him. Mm-hmm. In doing so, I had not eaten a thing since lunch. So I went into this date. Can, can I swear? Yes. Fucking starving. <laughs> Fucking starving. Yeah, I had a similar thing where like I came right from work too. 
and it being a Friday, which was just like, it was weird. It was like right, stars, yeah. stars lining up that it happened mm-hmm. on Friday. Yeah. But then uh, we were trying to figure out what to eat. A- after the, like the surface level conversation was going well, it was like, all right, do you want to like, we're on our second drink. Do you want to get food? Yeah. And uh, I put, I like looked at the menu and I was like, how about this like uh, wedge salad or something light? Prior to prior to meeting up with him, I, I looked at this place's menu mm-hmm. because I knew how hungry I was. So I, you know, so mm-hmm. like we all do, I scoped out the menu and I saw I had this like cheeseburger. I'm like, yes, I'm going to have this cheeseburger. But, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, but when we were, we were at the date, like we were vibing and I really liked him and I was still so fucking hungry. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so when, when, when Eric so I suggested like this chicken wedge salad in my head. I'm like, I don't want this guy to think that I'm a fucking fat ass because I want a cheeseburger. So I was like, fine. And, and that's s- actually the same reason I ordered a salad, which I had no interest <laughs> in doing. I was just like that's trying sick. to like, you know, I don't know. I feel like those moments like in dating where it's like the, those like break character moments, you know, like in SNL, everyone would always love like, even though you're not supposed to break character, like when Jimmy Fallon would just like start yeah. laughing. But like those moments where you're just like, I want a freaking cheeseburger. Like you're not doing the like putting on a show anymore. I yeah. feel like that's where people like really let loose. Well, that happened later in the night. Nice. So like, I feel like the like the hallmark of a really good first date is like if you make it to the second bar. Mm-hmm. Changing locations. Yeah. yeah. How far, how far did the... F- First date stray from the original plan. Far. Far. Nice. Yeah. Far. Like, and that's why yeah. it was like nice. sparks. Sparks flew after we left that. Yeah. Because when we got drunk food, I mean, we drank and like went out all night because like it was a Friday night and mm, we weren't right. with our friends. our other yeah. friends. So mm-hmm. it was yeah. like we could like go out and like let loose and that yeah. I also, worked out. I also remember we went to bars that that we both said we had never been to but wanted mm. to go to. So mm. so that was a cool experience too. To went like, to a do mm. piano bar in yeah. George, oh, Georgetown in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Not to be confused with Georgetown, Georgetown Texas. Texas but yeah. yeah, Georgetown, Washington, D.C. Yeah, we went to Dueling Piano Bar and then I think we went to Orange Anchor when it was still open. And mm. Rest in peace. Oh, R.I.P. Yeah. Nice. Great, great place. Nice. And so you guys had like the meeting the friends like on your first date. The, our first date was just us. Okay, cool. We didn't meet up with any yeah yeah i feel like we like could have but i don't feel like it wouldn't have gone as well no yeah Mm -mm. like we were just out like kind of singles together like yeah feeling Mm -hmm. it out yeah yeah and then uh then we ended up getting drunk food which was that's that's the hallmark of god that's when sparks flew when we got like uh and that and that saved my (laughs) totally that 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 saved my hangover (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And so you had a good first hinge. Because like everyone talks about like, oh my gosh, you have like a great date that you meet from a dating app. And then maybe you get to know that person for a few more dates. And then maybe it doesn't go somewhere. Like kind of what was the journey from first date to the two of you here now sitting in this room with me? Mm -hmm. Like how did that, how did you guys know it was like the real deal? Mm. Like how did that go? Mm. I knew that. Bianca asked me to be exclusive. (laughs) Well, that. I did. That was when I knew it was real. Yeah, was, I did. And I she did. was so courageous. Like how, that's so hard soon? to do. This was like, uh, like yeah, like a couple weeks, months mm-hmm. time yeah, frame I, of yeah. like seeing each other. Mm-hmm. I also want to say that before I asked him to be exclusive, I want to say maybe like two months after we had met my group of friends from high school and I, we were going to this like beer and food festival like mm-hmm. at like somewhere in DC and I invited Eric Mm -hmm. and something about me is the friends that I have from, from home, we grew up together. I'm talking Mm -hmm. elementary school, middle school, high school. And then, you know, we, we all went to different colleges, but, but we came back and like, I still have like a very close core group of friends. Mm -hmm. And for me, a really big 
um, indicator of whether or not I was going to move forward with Eric is how he got on with my friends. Mm -hmm. And and so I invited him to Mm -hmm. the... To, to the beer fest that we're, uh, we were going to. And and going back to earlier in the conversation, I was referring to him as Jonas. All of my friends n- did not know his real name. Yeah. So the I morning, yes. Yeah, so the morning of the beer fest, I sent a very explicit text message to the group chat being like, guys, I'm bringing Eric in all caps. His name is Eric. It is not Jonas. Don't embarrass me. I've I've had to rewrite. Yeah. I, I've I've I had moments in the past where I had to like rewrite. And be like this. By the way, this is their real name. Yeah, so I love that. Yeah. Um, how, so how do you, how do you do on the beer? Fest? Great. Nice. Yeah. He did awesome. Passed the test with flying ha- colors. Passed the Pretty test. Much. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I didn't realize it was just a test. I thought it was just beer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I did well. Yeah, he did. I wish beer was he, a test. Yeah, I would have really, really done, did. gotten better grades in college if it was. Yeah, <laughs> I also, yeah, I, I also feel like with groups of friends that have been together, that have been friends for like for for, for their whole lives, it's very hard for a new person mm-hmm. to come in. It is, and the fact that like Eric went into it like in all honesty blind, mm-hmm. you know, he 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 had a name he didn't know about and killed it was huge. That yeah. was huge. And that was when I knew, okay, like, you know, this this can be something. Totally. Yeah. No, it's I mean, it sounds like it. And then, you know, then then you were exclusive and then now you're here now. So what what kind of happened next? Because obviously it sounds like you made the move to Austin um, before your engagement and then you, you got engaged once living out here. How did that go? Because I feel like like li- where you live is like a huge deal in a relationship, like mm-hmm. people moving for one another, like someone gets a job. Like, is it a, are we an I or are we a we? Like, is like, Great I think question. a big question. Wow. Yeah. Really um, so we were talking about moving in, in DC and mm-hmm. we were still like, we had been together for like a year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. And then I got a job opportunity down here and I told her like, this mm-hmm. might be a thing. It's located in Austin. They would move me to Austin. And she was like, oh, like Bianca had no intention of leaving the DC area because mm-hmm. all of her friends there, families there, grew up there. Like, great mm-hmm. area to be in. Why leave? Um, so I kind of dropped that on her, and uh, you know, a couple weeks later, everything came through, and then um, we had to make a hard decision, like mm-hmm. how how to do that. And uh, Bianca's family was like, "You're gonna do what now?" Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, when Eric got the the job offer and like all the moving plans start start falling into place. Er- so Eric moved down before I did. He mm-hmm. he came down first and then I came about like six months after. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Eric was going through the interview process, I did say to him, you know, I will not be the type of girlfriend that tells you, no, you have to stay here with me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to move. Like, no. Mm-hmm. I, I told him if this is something that is going to advance your career, it's something that is going to be good for your future seize it mm-hmm. and we will figure it out. Yeah. And that's like us mentality. Yeah. So it had that going. So that How, was really strong. Yeah. However, yeah. when Eric, you know, accepted the offer and like the moving, the, the move was happening and was, and already happened. I was not 100% committed to moving to Austin. Like that, mm-hmm. that was such a scary and foreign thought mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. my entire, like uprooting my entire life of 28 years at that point to move 1,500 miles away, leaving everything I ever known for a guy. And without my, a ring. Without a ring. That was my parents yeah. were not thrilled about that one. They when I told them that I landed a job d- down here and that you know this mm-hmm. that this was happening, they thought I had completely lost my fucking mind. My parents are 
both immigrants, they both grew up in very, very traditional households, like mm-hmm. traditional in the sense where the women did not move out of the house until they got married. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I was considering mm-hmm. leaving their grass. The nest. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, the nest for a guy and mm-hmm. no ring. That was Looney Tunes in, in their mind. So what, I mean, yeah. what was that conversation? Like, Cause I'm sure that was a conversation. There were a lot of Eric conversations. Of, about there, mm-hmm. there's no ring. What, when's, you know, when's the, yeah. when's the ring coming? Like yeah. the ex, you probably had to go back to your parents with something that would comfort them in some way. And, um, you know, what did those conversations look like? Um, particularly around kind of, cause I feel like families are always such a unique topic to touch upon in dating. Yeah. Like, when you marry somebody, you marry into a family. And mm-hmm. like you, everyone always says, you turn into your parents. I feel like I'm turning into my mom all the time. <laughs> um, like what kind of what did those conversations look like? Her parents asked, she asked me to talk to her parents one-on-one, yeah. like without oh, her nice. there. Wow. Yeah. I and I had like to, several times. I had to, yeah, it was a couple times. A couple but like times. The, the first time was the big one. And it was just like, I had to, I had to sell them on the idea mm-hmm. that I wasn't going to just pull the rug out from under her, which happens mm-hmm. to like, more, yeah, which happens to a was, lot of people. That, oh yeah, that was a very real fear I had. Mm-hmm. Like, like regardless of those conversations, I had that was a big fear I had. You've read like mailbag things on this podcast oh, about yeah. like, mm-hmm. oh, I moved to the city with a guy, and then we're no longer together, and like now I'm trying to navigate dating. So like yeah. that was a very real and present danger for her. Oh yeah, because it's like I I, I know I th- I've had a lot of friends where it's like they hate the word ultimatum, but it's like I'm I'm. Like, cause no one wants to be like, oh, I'm the one that, that moved for, for just, you know, a guy on a whim and stuff. It's like, I'll move for a fiance. I, I wouldn't move for like just a boyfriend or something mm-hmm. is like the conversation you, you hear a lot. And then, you know, usually shortly after the, the engagement happens or shortly mm-hmm. before, was that, was that a part of the conversation or how did that look? And, you know, did it feel ultimatum to you or anything? If you had, um, that's how it went. I, I don't consider it ultimatum me, but I well, one thing that I said to, to Eric, and I'm pretty sure my parents laid it on even thicker, but one thing that I said is if I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. I hope it's clear that you and I are not going to be just playing house. My mm-hmm. like the my hope is that your intention is with my moving down here that you plan on eventually proposing to me or, mm-hmm. or I guess taking a step back, like you view, like you can see a future and a life with me. Mm-hmm. And this isn't just like, yeah, la da. She's here. That's nice. She's here. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's uh, some context here. We hadn't moved in together in DC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we were like together. trying to figure out if we should move in together. Mm-hmm. And then this job opportunity came up, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't feel like our relationship is at that point where we should move in together. And mm-hmm. I did not take it well. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. Tough conversation, but having those tough conversations is how you go from like yeah, back to your question, is. like how do you go from I to we? Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. it's like choosing to have that tough conversation um, as opposed to just kind of letting it go and hope that it works out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you didn't Great. take it well. How'd that go? <laughs> a lot of tears. <laughs> a lot of tears. A lot of tears. Um, I t- at, at that time I took it as Eric's pulling away. Mm-hmm. It didn't break my heart, but that shook me mm-hmm. because Eric was is was my first real boyfriend i had mm-hmm. been in situationship hell up until i met eric 
<laughs> yeah, and Bianco is also my first like long term committed relationship. Yeah. So we were, and we're both only children. So this is like, damn. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you guys, you guys are navigating. You're go, you're up Shit's Creek without a paddle. I just yeah. you came back yeah. here. You found your way here. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, situationship hell. That's, <laughs> that's a place that I think a lot of our listeners feel, feel free been. to use that. Um, yeah. I mean, and I, I was terrified that at that time, you know, we were like Eric said, like two, two and a half years in that this time that I had invested in him, that it was going to be all for nothing because he mm-hmm. did not want to move in with me. And I was seeing, you know, some, you know, my friends starting to move in with their boyfriends and get engaged and get married. And I'm like, fuck, I'm, I'm behind. And I didn't know it at the time, but that was the best decision for us. Cause mm-hmm. now I saw, or, and cause now I see that Eric needed that time with his friends and mm-hmm. I needed that time to kind of do my own thing mm-hmm. and while our relationship while our relationships grew. still grew mm-hmm. if and we had rushed into that it yeah. just would have like oh god i could have gone so many different directions totally yeah, yeah. and yeah it, yeah it wouldn't have set us up for um success and when i ultimately moved down here like i said it, it, it was a very real fear that when i came down here this could all implode Mm-hmm. It could crash and burn. Like no, ma- like despite the conversations Eric had had with my parents at that point, you know, the support I got from from my friends, I I was terrified that it was going to crash and burn because I was starting from scratch. Like he was real, mm-hmm. he was the only person really I I knew down here. Mm-hmm. And then I moved down here, and I and I realized that like through friends of friends and acquaintances, like I kind of did know some people here. Yeah, back to your original point Sorry. about clients. Yeah. Lance is her friend from high school. High school. So yeah. She like posts on Facebook and she's all concerned, like, I'm only going to have you. This is going to be terrible. Yeah. And then uh, she posts, like, hey, I'm moving down here. And like people start coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Oh, so true. If you're moving to any new city, like, do the Facebook post of who, like, not even just who lives here, but who knows somebody who lives yeah. here. Like, because I've gotten yeah. the, hey, my friend is moving to Austin. Will you go to lunch with her? Mm-hmm. And like, People like, like, I like getting those. Like, I'm like, fuck yeah, new friends. Like, if that is your situation, do like, do those posts. Like, go on Facebook, like, go on Boomer Book, go on Instagram, like, <laughs> do all of those. Not just who lives here, but who knows someone who lives here. Like, it is not weird. Like, that's how you yeah. make friends. Um, totally. And then now I'm friends with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, exactly. And then you move here and then you had a lovely engagement, a lovely marriage. Mm-hmm. What's the proposal story? Uh, we went out to Fredericksburg mm-hmm. um, and we did like that wine tour bus. So there's mm-hmm. like a bus that just goes like shuttles people between the wineries. Mm-hmm. And um, we had done a trip to San Antonio. So it was all like kind of in the guise of we're going and doing a San Antonio trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bianca's like a planner mm-hmm. and I'm, um, I am I make plans, but I'm not a planner. <laughs> um, and uh so she made all these plans, and I made like a shadow set of plans. Nice. And uh, did you have he- did you have help in the form of a friend that could like several guide- yeah. several? Nice. I needed help you needed on that, several. Bro. It was a team effort. It really was because <laughs> it, it, like it took a village. You, you can't say I, I can't make a comment about her nails. <laughs> I haven't once like once in our what at that point like five year relationship have yeah, once like commented that. on your nails. Yeah. So if all of a sudden I'm like, hey, are you gonna get your nails done? Like dead giveaway. Yeah. Dead giveaway. Did you know? Were you surprised? I was surprised. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I was. Um, when, when we went to Spain in the summer of 2019, I think that was when he asked my parents for permission to propose. Mm, Nice. And then he proposed February of 2020. So, so I, I, I knew he had asked permission, but I honestly had no idea when it was coming. And I told him that I wanted to be surprised and he delivered. (laughs) 
Nice. <laughs> well, I love I love that. And I remember that. And then I remember yeah. that you both got married. And then, yeah. yeah, you've had what appears to be a very, very lovely marriage since. And yeah, got a lot of like journeys and stuff coming up as well. For sure. And um, yeah, well, and something that, that I kind of realized in like the past like month or so, Eric and I have lived in Austin for a majority of our relationship. Yeah. I have never thought about that. Yeah. No, it's like we've been together longer in Austin than we yes. have been in D.C. Uh-huh. Hmm. And now you're going back. Yeah, yeah. And now we're now we're, yeah, now we're now we're moving back. And it's just I feel like just us having that time here in Austin has really transformed our relationship into our in marriage in, into something that I don't know if we would have had this same like you know ground or synergy if we had stayed in D.C. and had done the distance thing like forever and ever. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we built it from scratch. Here. We really like, did. We really like, did. Building the foundation in mm-hmm. D.C., you would have had friends. You would have had like yeah. You know, you had had comfort to lean on and here it was like, no, like either it's going to work and it's going to mm-hmm. be awesome or, you know, it's not. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. But yeah. after you moved down, we were, you know, it was working. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It definitely was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And um, I, I know we've talked a lot today about we've talked about families. We've talked about kind of like looking ahead, being a planner. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually want to get your help. I feel like you guys would be the perfect people to help mm-hmm. me with this um, mailbag question. And it is a little bit of a heavy hitter. The subject is the real life big sick Maybe I female 28 recently had a second date with a guy male 28 who I really liked. We have a ton in common when it comes to interests and are in similar industries. I am 99% sure I would like to see him again and not just want I'd be very excited to. My issue is with the 1% thing. Also, it's not so much a thing as much as it is a potential thing. To preface this, he did not do anything wrong and there is no issue with him as a person. However, on our second date, I learned a bit more about his family and ethnic background. He's from a culture where arranged marriages are the norm and he's and his he's first gen American with parents born outside the US. I'm dating with the intention of finding a serious relationship, hopefully that ends in marriage. And while I really like this guy, I can't help but wonder if that could be a non-starter in this case. If it is, I really want to protect my time and feelings and not continue dating someone where there might be a built-in ending. The dilemma I have, though, is that he has not come anywhere close to mentioning any of this directly. He has never indicated his parents expect an arranged marriage or mentioned it at all. These are all my assumptions, which does make me feel judgy. On top of this, while I like to be direct and think there's no such thing as scaring someone off, trying to bring up marriage so directly on date three does seem like too much. But at the same time, I don't know that I have it in me to wait it out and then end up getting hurt later. So it feels like a triple-edged sword. This probably sounds like I'm counting the ducks way before they hatch, but I do have slight PTSD from a past relationship from my early 20s um, from a guy with a similar background, and it really hurt. I'd like to avoid it happening again. What do I do? Sounds like a tough nut to crack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so being scared of arranged marriages, mm-hmm. I just feel like that's a very Western fear. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like marriages, like you get kind of steered into them from the same considerations that go into an arranged marriage, like like where you are in society, like what your interests are and, and everything mm-hmm. like that. It's just the Western way of doing it is to pretend like you have this illusion of choice. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the, on the other side of the world, it's just more upfront about mm-hmm. being realistic about those types of things, mm-hmm. I feel like. So, I mean, I'd say ride it out and hopefully the the parents are super cool, which a lot of, you know, whether it's Indian or, you know, Eastern yeah. Asian, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. where that 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 tradition's more you know common that they're going to be cool. Not everybody's super religious, and right. yeah. at the end of the day, you may get an Indian wedding, which I've heard is awesome. oh, but you, you know, I've always wanted to go. I've always wanted to go to an Indian oh. wedding. God, oh, same here. I say hold out for the Indian wedding because I I, I kind of second that. Um, and we're we're super unpacky here, so I'm yeah, gonna we, like we have are. a bunch of little yeah. um, like follow up questions no, after your initial sure. thoughts. Yeah, well, so. So I too am a first generation mm-hmm. American and granted like my, my family, they don't practice like, an arranged marriage thing. But one thing that I can pro- that I can relate to is turning out a little more Americanized than mm-hmm. my parents expected. Cause like I said, my, you know, my, my parents were very traditional. The mm-hmm. women did not move out of the house until they got married. So my, so my parents were raising a teenage girl, mm-hmm. you know, I was going out with my friends. I, I wanted to be with my friends more than with my parents, which, mm-hmm. which at the time I definitely got quite a bit of side eye from, from my parents from, but, but, but that's normal. Mm-hmm. And so my point in saying that is that I hope this person doesn't scare themselves into thinking that this person doesn't automatically default to, to their parents' wishes. Mm-hmm. I think you said that they've only been out on two dates or they're yeah. going on their second date. We see a lot of people who count the chickens too, before they have. It's too sure. soon to tell. Yeah. Too soon to tell. If, if this person's enjoying, you know, the, this other person's company, like Eric said, Write it out. Mm-hmm. Just see where it goes. I mean, I don't think it's worthwhile to sit there and turn yourself inside out over the possibility of mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. the parents not liking you mm-hmm. because you're not part of their culture. Yeah. You know, first-gen Americans do turn out more Americanized. I, mm-hmm. And I do think, like, you know, a guy in his late 20s, you know, it's not the same as, like, in college where you can rationalize a relationship as, totally. oh, we won't get married. Like, I don't think that you know, a guy, especially if it's one she likes, would, you know, think in his head, like, oh, I could, this is just my fun, this is just my fun dating. Like, I think, sure. um, you know, if, if he was, you know, very much in tune with his parents' values, he would probably, you know, avoid dating people that maybe don't line up with what they're looking for. That's a good point. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I I think, too, like, and maybe to ease your fears, because I do think, like, going in on a date, like, oh, like, do you do arranged marriages? Like, that that would be very direct. It would also come off as extremely ignorant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've also found just, and these work as, like, really fun questions, too, is go on date three. Some of my favorite date questions to ask for totally different reasons are, do you have any weddings coming up? Are you in any weddings? Like, mm-hmm. talking about bachelor-bachelorette parties, um, you know, kind of getting a feel for his social circle. If he has siblings that are married or in relationships, oh, what was their wedding like? Do you get along with your brother, sister-in-law? And like just asking those fun questions about family. And like, I feel like those kinds of things would reveal themselves quickly. Like, absolutely. Um, you know, what's, you know, what's this kind of wedding like? I've seen the pictures. It looks so cool. What What's that like? Yeah, uh, suss them out. Yeah, yeah like nice. so much nice. is like, show, but it is show not tell. And I, I think that also like those kind of, everyone's like, eh, small talk, blah, like, but you take like those little small talk things about, do, are you going to any weddings? Like, who's your best friend? Uh, like, mm-hmm. what are you doing this weekend? Like, they do kind of reveal a lot about a person, yeah. in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, maybe that is a thing that could be revealed and you'll have your answer. But I do think, like, if someone really did have, like, those traditional values, they're not going to be, like, bopping around on. No, not at all. Hinge or something like that. Yeah. I actually have a story. Yes. My friend Steph, where we were high school friends together. Mm-hmm. They didn't necessarily go to the same high school, but like same friend group in high school. And um, there was somebody that, that like I knew from middle school who actually ended up moving down to Austin. Mm-hmm. And she was a traditional Muslim, came from mm-hmm. a traditional Muslim family. She w- had done a complete 180, mm-hmm. broken from her family. What? And was like going out oh, and like living this. it up. Like 
turned into party girl, like conservative Muslim for all of her life up until she was like mid twenties and then moves to Austin. And she tells me, she's like, you're not going to fucking believe this. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) And she's super cool. I was like, yo, I went out and we had the craziest night in Austin. (laughs) Like, you know, got invited to this person's house, ended up at like some like huge mansion on the lake. And then like, you know, like a party where it's like, wake up the next day. And it's like, did that really happen that way? Mm -hmm. Like what? That's wild. Like, uh, yeah, because I feel like we're not our parents, like um, people grow and change. And yeah, like, I mean, from what I hear, it's kind of I also just hear like that the arranged marriages is a bit more loosely loose than it sounds. It's more like, oh, like the parents say, like, our friends are stopping by this evening and they're bringing their daughter. And like, why don't you guys like introduce yourselves to one another? And they mm-hmm. kind of like like the big like she referenced the big sick. Great but, like, movie. But by the way, I love the it's big such sick. a good movie. And how did that movie end? They end up together. Yeah, they end up together end up together. So, yeah. like, I don't know why she's like, oh. Love wins out, right? It, it does. It does. So it does. It does. But, yeah, like, it, it is more, like, loose than it sounds. Yeah. It's not like, you know, you go marry that guy. Yeah, right. Okay, to, to close out, I also want to continue to plug and play everything you guys are doing right now. We'll start with Eric, and then we'll go to Bianca. Eric, where can we find you if we have sound needs? If you guys want to work with Sound Guy Eric, here's where you go. Yeah, um, my Instagram is uh, at ebw.music. We are moving back to D.C., so you'll find me back in the Washington, D.C. area as of next week we move. We do our road trip next week. <gasps> no. I'm so sad. So, yeah, but we'll be back in Austin, and yeah. um, I've definitely done a lot in terms of like playing out, playing with a couple bands, doing gigs, and um, I uh, am a saxophone player by trade, so doing you know gigs with uh with djs and you know having the saxophone accompaniment i've done that for corporate parties around town and that's been super fun Mm -hmm. working on production stuff as well so it's all a very fun side hustle which hopefully i can grow that to the point where i can transition from my day job Mm -hmm. and not really necessarily retire but uh just kind of transition transition to make my my hobby and side hustle more of a a permanent kind of Mm -hmm. full-time thing and phase out the uh being a cube monkey I feel that one. <laughs> Bianca, tell us, tell, like, let, let's give another plug to yes. Crafts by Alonza. Yes, um, you can find my um, Instagram at Crafts X Alonso A L O N S O, and you can find my Etsy shop at Crafts by I went on a little bit of a hiatus for like the holidays as well as this month, just with like getting ready to move. But once we're back in the DC area, I am diving in headfirst to, to, to creating some new designs, and I can't wait to show you guys what I've been working on. Woo! Fun fact about our move back to DC: We're actually moving in with her grandma, Ooh, and her mom fun. and grandma Abuela. are ecstatic. They're oh my god! So oh, they excited. They're so excited. They're so so excited. And this isn't like a type of like moving back in with your parents it's a situation mm-hmm. that we're dreading. It's very much the opposite. Mm-hmm. No, they're great. My my mom and my abuela are the best. Yeah, that's it's ideal. Really nice. It really is nice. Um, yeah. Well, I'm gonna miss you guys both. I feel like I'm, I'm having my farewell on camera and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, it has been an absolute pleasure here today. Like I. I've always admired your relationship. It's here. It's great to hear the story, how it went. Um, Cause I, I feel like I've, I've never actually like sat down and heard it before. Cause there's always so much going on, but it's, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you as my guest. I'm so excited to share this episode with everybody. So I think this will be a, a good one. People love to hear from healthy relationships. And can we'll I just you. say that I've listened to your podcast, like each episode several times I'm sound guy. And um, <laughs> I love your takes on dating. Thank you. Because yeah, like I knew really you were like it. into the dating niche and I was like, okay, these things keep coming up. Like these recurring things that like I've 
been talking about. Yeah. I never like mm -hmm. LinkedIn for dating. I'm gonna be. I I'm gonna contributor to Business Insider did yeah. an interview for me, so I'm excited for that one to come out. Yeah, that's a yeah. great topic. So I'm keep so finding those interesting things, and we I, will, the I will keep listening. Yeah, I mean. Thanks, you guys, for coming on. Excited to share the episode, and I'm going to miss you guys. And to everybody else, we'll catch you next time. Um, Thank you very much. Okay. Over and out. Is it awkward if I look into the camera? No, like do look look wherever you want. Okay. Yeah, it's awkward if you ask about it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>